Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Marquia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. We are entering the month of the Hungry Ghost Festival. Many East Asians, Buddhists, and Taoists believe this is when ghosts can return to Earth to haunt the living. So their descendants burn paper money and incense as well as serve food to pay respect to their ancestors and soothe wandering our angry spirits. There are many important rules for humans to follow in order to stay safe during the festival. A list of do's and don'ts you better follow, or the ghosts will satisfy their hunger with you. First, do not be alone in the dark followed by do not watch them eat. Then, do not mock the dead. Finally, in our featured story, whatever you do, do not take the last bus. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? The Hungry Ghost Festival The festival takes place during the seventh month in the lunar calendar, where families gather to honor their ancestors. But some see it as an opportunity to not just honor their ancestors, but use them for their own nefarious purposes, like in this story inspired by Ira. Zane lived in Singapore, where, between school sessions, he worked at a warehouse to earn extra money. 
He was eager to work during holidays, as he could make even more money when it was busy. It was the seventh month of the lunar calendar, also known as the Hungry Ghost Festival. As a Muslim, Zayn didn't so much believe in this, but wanted to be mindful and treat his co-workers who did observe the holiday with respect. As the holiday got busier, Zayn sometimes felt like he was spending all his time in that warehouse, packing and shipping box after box. One day, one of the senior workers in the warehouse reminded him it was the Hungry Ghost Festival. He told Zayn to be careful and to always say a prayer if you're alone. Those who didn't respect the rules the living must abide by might anger the ghosts. Zane would nod politely and go about his business. As week two of the festival came, they got even busier. Just as they were about to leave, their supervisor said that because there were so many orders, they had to stay late. Zane sighed. As much as he wanted the overtime pay, he didn't like staying at this warehouse when it got too dark, mostly because it was a long time to wait for the bus home. But the other workers were terrified of working late, all because of Ah Singh. Ah Singh used to work in the warehouse. He was horrible, hot-headed, and vengeful, which led to him being fired. As security led him away, he yelled at the manager, swearing that his dead relatives would come and haunt all of them. Every year during the Hungry Ghost Festival, those working late swear they really do catch glimpses of Ah Sing's ancestors haunting the warehouse. Zane highly doubted this could actually be true, but he kept his mouth shut. By the time they were all finished with their order, it was nearly one in the morning. The workers filed out, exhausted, but Zane lingered behind. He still had to gather his belongings. His colleague, Dong Mei, asked if he wanted her to stay with him while he finished up, but he told her it wasn't necessary. Dong Mei shrugged and walked away, climbing up the old warehouse stairs to level three, the exit. The sound of her safety boots faded into the air. He was all alone just him and the endless racks of goods. After a moment of silence, he heard soft footsteps that didn't sound like their normal work boots. Zane called out a hello, which was met by a firm hiss of hush. Feeling chills, he quickly packed up all his stuff to hurry to the exit when he heard the footsteps again. He looked up the stairwell and noticed a figure coming towards him. The shape looked like Don Mei. It was dark, only outlined by the exit sign. As it got closer, he realized it wasn't Don Mei. It was someone else. A creature, tall and gangly, decaying to almost a skeleton. As it reached out to grab him, Zane ran, trying to hide amongst the many racks. He was horrified to see even more bedraggled, skeletal figures scanning the rows, hunting for him. Could it be? Were these Aunt Sing's ancestors returning to haunt them? As he hid, he quietly recited every prayer he could remember. As they got closer, he realized that maybe if he offered these ancestors something as a gift, they would be satisfied and leave him alone. 
He looked around, desperately. Normally, you'd offer food or burn incense. The closest thing to him was the school supply section. He piled as many pencils, folders, and glue sticks as he could. He pushed the pile into the aisle and came face to face with what must have been all of Ah Sing's ancestors, going back generations. Those that had been released during this month from the gates of hell. Off their dead-eyed stares, Zane pushed the pile towards them, timidly wishing them peace in a happy, hungry ghost festival. The ghosts paused, considering. Maybe, Zane thought, his plan had worked. The next morning, the workers returned to the warehouse, bleary-eyed from a lack of sleep. They wondered where Zane was, since usually he rides the first bus in with them. Dong Mei noticed, in the middle of one of the aisles, a simple box, all alone. Dong Mei knelt down to open it and backed away in horror. There was what was left of Zane, his hollowed-out head and some entrails. The rest had been eaten by the hungry ghosts. Thank you so much, Ira, for inspiring this tale of the Hungry Ghost Festival for us. Listener, if you had been in this story, maybe as Dong Mei, would you have left Zane alone or insisted on staying with him? Have you ever heard the footsteps of a ghost? If you did, did you run or did you face down this spirit? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Many cultures honor their ancestors. Just as important is that you follow the precise prescriptions and how to do so. Because straying from them can be deadly. Like in this story inspired by Lee. Gia knew that she was falling behind. It was the seventh month of the lunar calendar. Singaporeans were celebrating the Hungry Ghost Festival, and Gia was struggling to get her preparations together. It is believed that during this time, the gates of hell open, releasing the spirits trapped inside out to the world. The spirits who have died unfairly or have not been given a proper burial and neglected by their relatives are usually the hungry ghosts. Gia's family took special pride in honoring their ancestors, and this would finally be the year when Gia would be given some responsibility. Though Gia didn't believe in these old stories, she loved the solemn pageantry of her religion. 
She gathered supplies and began eagerly cooking meals, which they would leave out for hungry returning ancestors. She worked furiously as her mother urged her on to have everything done by sundown. She made it just in time. She went downstairs to a grassy area of their void deck to set out the special offerings. As she did, her mother warned her to be sure, as they prayed, to never look behind them through her knees, to give the ghosts their space as they gathered the food that was left for them. As day turned to night, Gia and her family began the ceremony. They tossed their jaw sticks or incense into the altars and got on their knees to pray. As Gia tried to focus on the prayers, she couldn't help but think to herself how ridiculous these superstitions were. She was sure if she looked back, there'd be nothing there but full bowls of food. So as her family stood deep in devotion, she opened her eyes mid-prayer, turned around, and looked between her legs. There stood at least 50 ghosts with chains around their necks, ankles, and wrists, fighting over the four bowls of rice laid out. Terrified, she quickly stood up and turned around. It seemed normal, like nothing was happening to it. Her mother snapped at her for her to be respectful. Puzzled, Gia knelt back down and tried to pray. After a bit, her curiosity got the better of her again. She looked through her knees and saw the ravenous ghosts were added again. The whole chicken had been torn apart and the spirits were ravenously chomping down everything, even the bone. The vegetables were on the floor, a couple of ghosts eating what they could save. They pulled at one another's chains, screeching and tugging. Gia was amazed at this sight, staring for just a little too long. Suddenly, the ghosts, in unison, looked up from their gorging. They were staring right at her. For a moment, it was just a silent standoff. Gia was too terrified to speak or look away. Eventually, one of the ghosts, an elderly man with an open gash on his forehead, yelled at her. Why was she looking at them? Doesn't she know it's rude? Gia was so startled she fell down on her side, but strangely, her family didn't seem to notice. She saw the spirits were now approaching her. She tried to jostle her mother, tell her what was happening, but she didn't budge. It was like they couldn't hear her, or she didn't exist. Just as the spirits were close enough to grab her, Gia ran out into the street. She was shocked. The streets were full of ghosts, eating food, counting their hell notes, offerings of money that were burnt that would show up for your ancestors. It was then that she realized she was in hell with them. The ghosts moved towards her, surrounding her, welcoming her. They formed a circle around her. Gia woke up. Her mother burst into her room. What was she doing sleeping still? She had to start the cooking. Gia realized that the day had not yet started. She made her preparations, laid out the offerings, and prayed with her family. She shut her eyes tight and made sure to not look behind her. 
Thank you so much for inspiring this tale, Lee. So do you ever see ghosts in your dreams? How do you ward off evil spirits at your house? I'd love to hear what you do. Tell us about it at somethingscary@snarl.com. Mocking someone behind their back may seem like harmless fun, but remember, someone or something can always hear you. Like in this story inspired by Anne Caron. Last year, my grandfather passed away. Because we're Indian, we held a traditional funeral ceremony and cremated his body. My whole family gathered in Kulai, Malaysia, at a burial ground. My friends had told me that this burial ground was where most people encounter ghosts and paranormal events, but I didn't take them seriously. The ceremony was performed, respects were paid, and most of my family left. My parents were busy talking to my auntie and uncle, so my sister Pratipa and I explored the cemetery grounds. We looked at different tombs and headstones laughing at some of the unusual names and strange photos family members had left behind for their deceased loved ones. We didn't mean to be disrespectful. We were just being silly kids. After about an hour, our parents rounded us up and we all piled into the car. On the drive home, my dad seemed very uneasy driving. He said the car felt like it was heavy like it couldn't accelerate because it was weighed down with too many people. Please, lose some weight, y'all, he joked, and we all laughed with him. We got home safely, and my parents went to bed before my sister and I did. We stayed up reading books into the night. We did this often, but this time felt different. For some reason, I kept getting goosebumps, and I couldn't figure out why. Then, I felt like someone was watching me. But when I looked over at Pratipa, she had her head down in her book. After a while, she got sleepy and went to bed, leaving me alone. Suddenly, I heard a shrieking noise from outside, a terrifying, guttural sound unlike anything I had ever heard. It sent chills down my spine, but I had to see what made it. I braced myself and swung the front door open. Across the road, I saw a shadowy, human-like figure, but it was very hard to make out, until it spotted me. Its eyes glowed white, and then I could see the rest of it, illuminated in its eye light. It was a woman with long white hair and a Peking dress a beautiful, ornately decorated costume worn by Chinese opera performers for centuries. She was beautiful, yet terrifying. Her eyes locked on me with anger. I was frozen with fear. She held me in her gaze for what felt like forever. I couldn't move, and finally shouted, What do you want? She raised a bony arm and extended a pointy, twisted finger directly at me. I willed myself to move and ran back into the house, locking the door behind me. I ran upstairs to my parents' bedroom, hysterically crying. They were confused by my story, but my dad went downstairs to investigate. 
He looked outside but saw no ghostly figure. My mom took me to my room and tucked me into bed. She tried to comfort me, saying it was just my imagination. But I could see fear behind her eyes. As I slept that night, the ghost woman haunted my dreams. I bolted awake in my bed. I saw her again, standing over me, her bony fingers reaching for my throat. I screamed. My mom ran in, scaring the ghost away. I didn't sleep the rest of that night. The next morning, my dad took me to the temple of Chugkui, the vanquisher of ghosts. The priest watched me as my dad told him what happened, and then he said to me, You dared to provoke her? I had no choice but to tell him the truth. That Prahitba and I had laughed at the headstones in the cemetery, I told him we didn't mean anything by it, but my dad was very angry with me. Disrespecting the dead is one of the worst crimes you can commit in Asian culture. The priest accepted my apology, then performed a ritual on me. He told me that the spirit I saw was a woman from the cemetery. She and her friends had followed me home by hitching a ride with us. That's why our car felt so heavy. The priest spoke with her through his ritual and explained to her that I had meant no harm or disrespect, which miraculously calmed her anger. The priest told me that unless I wanted to die there, I could never return to that same burial ground again. Ever since then, I've been afraid of all cemeteries, especially during the Hungry Ghost Festival when they come to life. Every now and again, the ghost woman still haunts my dreams, her shrieks reminding me never again to disrespect the dead. Thank you so much, Ann Karen, for this vengeful ghost tale. It's a really good lesson to learn. So have you ever made fun of someone or something you shouldn't have? I'm guessing the answer is yes to that. What were the consequences that you had to suffer? What would you do if you had nightmares for the rest of your life because of your actions? Anxiety demons love actions like this. In many cultures, honoring your ancestors is of paramount importance. However, some think learning about their family's traditions can be boring. But when you don't pay attention, there could be killer consequences. When Alan was 14, he visited Taiwan for the first time. His parents were from there, but he had never been. And they wanted to bring him back during the Hungry Ghost Festival so he could celebrate his fallen ancestors. Being from the United States, Alan was unfamiliar with just about everything in Taiwanese culture. During this month-long ghost festival, it was believed that ghosts haunted the island of Taiwan for the entire month because the gates of hell were opened on the first day and the spirits were meant to disperse on the last day. In between, the ghosts had free reign. This was their chance for redemption. There were many rules for the living to follow during ghost month in order to avoid confrontation with these spirits. Alan was not familiar with many of these superstitions, and did not take the ones he knew very seriously. 
One of the most revered superstitions was not to stay out after midnight. Being a teen, Alan didn't really follow a lot of rules, let alone ones for ghosts he didn't even believe in. He played along with his family as they did various traditions during the month, like when they burnt paper money on the first day of the month, and later on laid out food and drink offerings for spirits. But after they went to bed on the last night of the month, Alan finally decided to sneak out. On this particular night, many families light paper lanterns and send them down the river as a decoy to draw the ghosts away from their homes. The ghosts follow the lights and drift away from the families, eventually making their way back to hell. On this last night, Alan wanted to watch the paper lanterns. He thought they were beautiful and peaceful to watch. He wasn't afraid. Alan snuck out and made his way down to the riverbank, where he saw dozens of lanterns floating peacefully by. He sat down in the grass and watched. After a while, the temperature dropped significantly. He got a chill and goosebumps trickled down his spine. He shook it off and rubbed his arms together for warmth, but he just kept getting colder. Finally, he decided to give up and go back home. And just as he stood up, all of the lanterns blew out at once. Alan froze, looked around, and saw nothing but darkness. He didn't feel wind or water, anything that could have blown the lanterns out, just cold air and the darkness that now enveloped him. Until he saw ghosts. Suddenly, they were everywhere, surrounding him, swooping in, pulling his hair, his clothes, cackling with glee, screaming into his ears. Alan screamed in terror and ran from the riverbank, swatting at the ghosts like a swarm of bees that had engulfed him. He stumbled onto a road and ran down it until he reached a bus stop. The ghosts followed, taunting him, pulling at his arms and legs, tripping him, hurting him. Alan thought they were going to rip him apart, until suddenly a bus appeared out of nowhere. Alan sprang up and leapt onto the bus just as the doors opened, and as quickly as it had appeared, the bus took off. It moved so fast that Alan couldn't see where they were or what they were passing outside the windows. He caught his breath for a moment, relieved and shaken. He turned around to see who else was riding this bus at this late hour, but he saw no other people. No other living people, that is. As Alan scanned the rows behind him, dozens of ghosts appeared out of thin air, jeering and menacing. Alan felt his body temperature drop again and his muscles stiffen. He turned to shout at the driver to stop, but it was no use. The driver was a mangled ghost with one arm and a backwards-facing head. He stared at Alan as if he was his next tasty meal, and Alan screamed at the top of his lungs, knowing this was it. He was surrounded by ghosts, hungry ghosts, on the last night of the festival, and he had accidentally caught the ghost bus straight back to hell. Alan had a terrifying thought. You can't go to hell if you're still alive. And that's when the ghosts closed in on him, launching themselves from their seats and pouncing on Alan like a pride of lions on a gazelle. They tore him apart as the bus zoomed down to another dimension, returning all of the ghosts and the newly deceased Alan straight to hell, never 
to be seen again. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Gail Gilman. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. Executive producer, Gail Gilman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.